This is Killstreak episode 20. I am Eric Gosselin and joining me is Michael Price. How you doing, Mike? I'm sorry, Eric. I can't do that for you. <laughs> Uh-oh, we're in space, babies. Oh, greetings, future lovers, also. <laughs> and space babies. Future lovers and space babies. <laughs> greetings, star child lovers. <laughs> that sounds like a a prog rock song or something. <laughs> Star Child Lovers. I think that's what they just call groupies for Kiss, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Jason X, the tenth movie in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Mm-hmm. This, of course, is the one where Jason goes to space. Uh, before we get to that, want to do a little uh, little catching up to do sure. we have a little catching up to do uh first off i want to apologize for the downright um things got tense last episode i don't know I was, and i apologize I was to fine. you mike oh it's all right i was, I was fine was, also yeah. it's like, <laughs> it was funny yeah hopefully if people i hope not everyone's wildly uncomfortable with <laughs> if if you haven't heard it we had a a disagreement on uh, Jason Goes to Hell, and also just a disagreement in the way things were adri- things were covered in that episode. Yeah, so. it's, it yeah. Was, it's, it's all water <laughs> under the bridge uh, <laughs> that we didn't talk about at all. This is the first time we've talked about it. <laughs> well, sorry you had to go through with that. I'm glad you got some sleep, though. Yeah. Coming in pumped to talk about Jason X, but first, uh, <laughs> you watched a movie. Uh, what's your media diet been like? Uh, I I definitely went far afield of horror. This week, I watched, uh, well, I rewatched Tommy Boy, which is, oh, hell yeah. which is a classic. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, my fiance had never seen it. Um, and then I watched for the first time Ford versus Ferrari. Oh yeah, I've seen that. It was fine. It was yeah. It was, it's it was aggressively fine. <laughs> exactly, it's perfectly serviceable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I watched it with my father-in-law, which is the perfect way to watch that movie. You know what I mean? That seems right. Yeah, like it's it, it's made for father-in-laws or dads. Yeah, yeah. My dad would probably eat that shit up. He'd just be like, "Yeah, this is a it's a good movie." Yeah, that's all he'd yeah. have to say about it. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies, like, um, oh, I'm having a hard time coming up with another example, but it's just like, oh, yeah, that was good. I'll never think about it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, maybe this is a cop-out, because it's like another quote-unquote racing movie, but it, like, Seabiscuit. Did you ever see that movie? I never did, but it seems like, yeah, that could be yeah. just, like, Oscar Beatty. Right. Real life. N- not Warren Beatty. Oscar Beatty. <laughs> I mean, I do think, like, the funny thing is, like, it was a perfectly fine movie. I had marginally positive feelings about it. Um, It is mind-boggling to think that that movie was nominated for Best Picture. Um, Yeah, yeah. Which, it's just so... But it's definitely that, like, 
middle of the road, well-made movie mm-hmm. that that is going is just like a layup for for Academy voters. Yeah, I I don't know. The Academy can fucking lick my balls, man. Like, <laughs> 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 I just think. I mean, think about like just like the shit that they think. Or they insist is, like, important or interesting or, like, uh, high quality is just... They're they're such a goddamn joke. I mean, James Mangold, the director of that movie, uh, three years ago, he did uh, Logan. That movie fucking rips. Yeah, Logan is amazing. That movie didn't sniff an Academy Award nomination. No, that Um, movie is so awesome. Yeah, but those people have no... The thing about the Academy that drives me nuts maybe more than anything else is just this pervasive idea that really the only things that are even eligible to be considered best picture have to be dramas or at least dramedies. It's just like, there's so many other genres of film and it's just like, Oh, well if it's a, it has to be important. It has to be. And it's like, no, it's just, it's just the best movie. They literally just ignore fucking comedies. Like that's not something they care about. Right. You know. Yeah, no, it's I I I agree, and like especially horror movies never mm-hmm. get their due. I guess yep. Silence of the Lambs that was nominated that did not win, sure. all right. Yeah, I mean recently Get Out, you know, got a little bit of love, but you know, sure. I also feel like that's a lot of them. Like you know, I don't want to yeah. speak for the Academy voters, but it feels pretty performative. It's just yes. like yes, yes, you know, it, it the, feels like Green Book winning an Academy Award or. Yeah, I'm not just going to say other black movies. That right. Be, like, Crash. You know I mean? Crash is Crash. ostensibly oh a movie about race. Do you yeah. think that is the worst movie that won an Academy Award? I mean, there are so many that I haven't seen. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I guess I mean in like the past 30 years. That's the worst movie that I've seen that yeah. won a Best Picture, I think. Let's think about it. I haven't seen Green Book. I have to imagine it's better than Crash because... Oh, it is. I, yeah. I, Green Book, you know, the, actually, Green Book is a perfect example to compare to Ford versus Ferrari, where it's like, it's perfectly fine. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it does have some troublesome, like, behind the scenes stuff as far as right. the people involved. But um, it, it it's a perfectly fine movie. Right. Uh, I'm just looking back here. I mean, I never saw The Shape of Water. I'm sure that's better than Crash. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's good. Boom, boom. I didn't like Birdman, but whatever. Some people mm-hmm. like that movie. I liked it. Um, I have never rewatched it, though. I've I'll tell you this, it. though. I just looked at the entirety of the teens, and the majority of these movies aren't that good. Like, here, this is, okay, these are just the last 10 Best Picture winners from 2019 through 2010, okay? And you tell mm-hmm. me how many of these movies you just think are, like, really good movies, okay? Yeah, okay. Parasite. Green Book, okay. The Shape of Water, Moonlight, mm-hmm. Spotlight, mm-hmm. Birdman, mm-hmm. Twelve Years a Slave, mm-hmm. Argo, Jesus the, the Artist, and The King's oh, Speech. <laughs> uh, the, of those, I like Parasite and Moonlight. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen. I I like Spotlight a lot. I don't know if it's the best sure. picture. Sure, I, I liked it too. But yeah, uh, I mean, Mad Max Fury Road was a perfect example of like 
a genre movie that was so so good that they had to acknowledge it. Yeah. But it's like mad like if you think about movies that we're going to think about in 20 30 years. I mean, this has always been the problem with the Academy Awards. It's just like Mad Max's Fury Road is going to be a movie that people watch like that will be like one of those great movies of the 80s to us now. Yes. I think in 30 years from now or 40 years from now. Whereas like yeah. Spotlight is just like a nice I like that movie, but it's just like a oh, good totally. satisfying piece of competence porn and it's yes. like and it just happens to be about a serious subject matter, so that's it. That's all that matters, you know. Right. Oh, all right. Sorry, I got a little side. Oh track. no, no, no. I, I like I like the diversion, especially when it's movie talk. Yeah. But like the Shape uh, of Water beat Get Out. Right? That's crazy. It like, beat the it I, beat Phantom like, Thread. Oh, that movie's amazing. I love Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. Uh, and I like the Shape of Water. Uh, and it is a genre movie. You know, it's not a, mm-hmm. it's not a straightforward yeah. dra- drama. Um, so it is kind of a rare example of that and Parasite are two ex- rare examples of the Academy yeah. kind of stepping out of their comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. So to tie to go back to Jason X blood and guts check. How'd you feel about this movie? The kindest thing that I can say about this movie is that it's not the worst movie in this series. Um, it's not no <laughs> i've yeah. watched worse so yeah. up to this point i have two really strong thoughts on this one echoes almost exactly something you said last week mm-hmm. which i which is crazy because i was sort of arguing against your central thesis for a lot of that episode but it's like if this wasn't a friday the 13th movie i might like it more I yeah i think it's yeah. i think it's a shitty friday the 13th movie yeah um two and I, I, I definitely complained about this a lot when we were watching the latter day Return of the Living Dead movies. But this mm-hmm. looks like a cheap fucking TV show. Oh, it looks like garbage. Yeah. It uh, looks like that era, 2001. It came out in 2001. It was shot in 99. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that era, like the turn of the century, it just does not age well. It looks like crap. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is like nascent technology. It's like, it's yeah. people embracing things that haven't been around that long. But like, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like, this is the first Jason movie with like real digital effects. Yeah. And they look fucking awful. <laughs> they look so bad. Yeah. In the background, the sets look bad. The, cl- uh-huh. the costumes look bad. Yeah. The hair is terrible. <laughs> uh, oh, so, okay. So not to get too far yeah. into trash. What did here. you think? I'm pretty much on the, on the same page as you. Uh, we had fun watching it. Mm-hmm. There is fun to be had here. Um, but I agree. It is not a joyless film. No, it is too clever by half as far as like the writing goes. Right. Like the it's so quippy and annoyingly so. Mm-hmm. It is not. It's never funny, but it's very quippy. You yeah. Know, like dialogue wise, there is some. Fu- there's. It is very campy. Um, you know, no pun intended for a Friday movie, but <laughs> it is very campy and that mm-hmm. is enjoyable. It doesn't seem to take itself very seriously, which I do like. Yeah. But it's just like that's as much as I can say about it. Right. It yeah, it is an interesting movie because for whatever variety of reasons, I find myself wanting to be 
nice to it or just like yeah. a little forgiving. But like, <laughs> whereas other movies I've wanted to condemn more, um, like Jason Takes Manhattan would be a good example. And I do uh-huh. think that this is a better movie than Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's never boring. No. Uh, but it just like, it looks, it looks amateurish, you know? It looks like a sci-fi movie. And it, yeah, like a sci-fi channel movie. Sci-fi channel movie. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And that just takes, I mean, I think I'm a little bit of a snob in that respect, that that really takes me out of a film. Um, it's a, yeah, but I'll say like a movie where it works, um, despite that, is like Cube. Um, yeah. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember really liking it. I watched it a few times. The acting's not great in that movie. The, I agree. It doesn't look amazing. The special effects are pretty cool. But it's a good movie. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and I think... But here's... I'll tell you this. I think that I'm much more forgiving of the way Cube looks. Uh, for Here's one very specific reason. The budget of Cube yeah. was $350,000. That's crazy. Do you know what the budget of this movie was? I do know, actually. Yeah, I heard it. Do you want to tell the audience what the budget of this movie was? <laughs> 13 million dollars yeah almost 14 um which is holy shit mind blowing (laughs) like it looks this movie is the most expensive friday the 13th movie by six million dollars is that true wow yes that's wow yeah disappointing and do you know what the (laughs) second most expensive one was uh jason goes to hell Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh my god, really? Yes. These How people, can that movie be that expensive? These people don't know how to spend their fucking money. Holy it's, shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like I was a little unnecessarily rough on Jason Goes to Hell, especially after watching this one, mm-hmm. which I still think, I don't know, I mean, not to like get into like the rankings of them, I'm still mulling that over in my head. Yeah. I may have had more fun with this one than Jason Goes to Hell, uh-huh. but I think because partly because they didn't have any sort of crazy mythology yeah ex- explanation of Jason himself but i uh i had probably equal amounts of fun with both of them if that, if that makes sense they're not far apart in my estimation either i think yeah. i think the thing is and this goes back to my like sort of general snobbishness as like an appreciator of cinema is that for all of its warts and flaws, like Jason goes to hell feels very much like a motion picture to me, like a yeah. real, like a real movie. Whereas this one feels like there's a, there's a, a sex scene with no nudity in this movie. Yeah. There's more than one, but there's one in particular. That's not like, that's not the jokey one. That's just like two people having sex, but you don't see any nudity. And I was watching it and I was like, Man, this looks exactly like a softcore movie from the early 2000s. And I was like, that's what this whole movie looks like. Yeah. This whole movie looks like a Skinamax movie. <laughs> it does, yeah. And it's mind-blowing to me. This is another one of those where I had to go and like look on IMDb and just make sure that this was shot with film cameras. Because uh-huh. it, it looks like a fucking TV show, you know? It just looks so cheap. And 
I think there's a reason for that, and we can get to that as we talk about production information. But what do you, I don't know, do you have any other immediate thoughts or things you wanted to say about this? Things on the top of your head? No, I don't think so. Uh, I th- I felt similar to, like, um, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, mm-hmm. uh, where we said it was, like, a bad episode of Buffy. Yeah. The right the writing in this one feels like a bad episode of Buffy. Definitely. Yeah. And it it's I think that's another era thing like you were talking about. It's not just the yeah. look. It's yeah. also like the feel of all of this is like very this is like like if this movie like like Xander from the first two seasons of Buffy could just easily walk onto the set oh. of this movie. And and like three of the characters have Xander's haircut. You know? <laughs> yeah. And again, we like Buffy. It's a good show. Oh, yeah, show. absolutely. It's, but it's like... It, but it's, it's a show. You hold it to a different bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, let's talk about how this fucking thing came together, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Because we had a, uh, so it was filmed in 99 or 98, 99. 99. So that's a six-year gap between the last one? Yeah. Uh, yes. 93 was the release of Jason Goes to Hell. Mm-hmm. So this is, um, for context here, as we, as you might have guessed from the end sequence of Jason Goes to Hell, they were trying to line this up with Freddy versus Jason next. Uh, and for a variety of reasons, which no one in any of the interviews I could find can really shed too much light on, New Line just kept holding up the production of Freddy versus Jason. And so eventually, like you said, it gets to be almost five, six years. And so this guy, Jim Isaac, who's the director of this film, um, was someone who had a relationship with Sean Cunningham who had uh, Cunningham had, had produced his first movie. Um, he was mostly a special effects guy. Yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. He worked a lot with Cronenberg, right? Cronenberg, and that's specifically because Isaac worked directly under Chris Wallace, W-A-L-A-S. So who's another one of the guys who's not, he's not as well known as like a Rob Bottin, uh, a Stan Winston, a Tom Savini, but he's right up there as one of like the great, working special effects dudes. Wallace is, um, he won an Oscar for The Fly. He worked with Mm. Cronenberg a lot. He's also the guy who made the melting faces for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, Um, no way. He's the creator of the Gremlins uh, from a a special effects. Yeah, so Chris Wallace is like Hall of Famer. And Jim Isaac was a guy who worked for him for a, a number of years. Uh, and yeah, over that period of time, he also developed a relationship with Cronenberg. They're both Canadian. Uh, he considered, Jim Isaac considers Cronenberg to be something of a mentor, I should say. So Jim Isaac died, uh, un- uh, unfortunately, early death in 2012 from blood cancer. Oh, um, God. So he is no longer with us. Um, but he worked, uh, I think, most recently before this on Existence, doing special mm-hmm. effects and makeup work. Uh, and he got together with another guy he knew, uh, who is the writer of this film, who you probably know this was also has a bit part in this movie, right? Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. Uh, he pops up in Crystal Lake Memories. Yeah. He plays so his, Dallas. Yeah, his name is Todd Farmer. Do you know why his character's named Dallas? 
Uh, is it because he looks so much like the the Texas rattlesnake Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> That's a good guess. Um, <laughs> now he named his character after Tom Skerritt's character Dallas from Alien, which is, oh yeah, yeah. This movie plot wise is definitely taking a lot of inspiration from Alien. I oh think. yeah, I mean they have yeah. straight up have Space Marines in it. Yeah. Uh, this movie is way, way worse than Alien, even though it, <laughs> yeah, even though uh, it's, it's safe to say. Yeah, its budget, I imagine, is significantly larger, uh, and it was made, you know, 20 years later. Um, but, so anyways, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, so Todd Farmer and Jim Isaac pitch Cunningham on Jason in Space. Everybody loves it because they're stupid. Because um, <laughs> look, literally, you saw this like in the Crystal Lake Memories doc. They're like talking about it. it's like, well, yeah, space. That's usually the shitty one, you know. Uh, yeah. lep- and they're it's like, yeah, you're right. It is. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stay out of space. <laughs> but they did it. And I'll say this: like, we haven't watched Leprechaun in Space or Hellraiser Bloodline for this podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the best of those three movies. Um, probably yeah. yeah uh i've never seen i've uh i may have seen leprechaun in space actually now that i think about i it. haven't i know i haven't i mean that's got to be kind of fun right it's just like yeah i mean it's no leprechaun in the hood but it's <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> that's gonna be to watch that movie in what 2021 or whenever oh my we watch God. it leprechaun raps at the end what a train um, wreck or, I mean, there's two of them, too. I think there's two in the Hood movies. He goes back to the Hood? I think so. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so a couple more things here. Um, Everybody, and I mean everybody, like with the exception of Kane Hodder on this movie, is Canadian. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to besmirch our significantly more progressive neighbors to the north i wish i was in canada right now yeah uh, me too i wish i could move my family to canada uh and stay there for the rest of our lives that would be great that's not an option for us but i will say that canada is no hollywood um yeah <laughs> so the entire fucking cast of this film is canadian tv actors the DP of this movie. This is the thing is like Jim Isaac in interviews and stuff. He talks about like, Oh yeah. Like I got to borrow like a bunch of crew members and stuff from Cronenberg. Like a bunch of the people who were, who worked on this worked on existence with him. Well, you know who he didn't borrow from Cronenberg was Cronenberg's DP. <laughs> Cause the DP, oh, yeah. the DP for this is literally a guy who has just done pretty much Canadian cable TV shows. It shows. Uh, I know. And I like I'm sure he's a nice dude and I'm sure he's very professional, but also it's like, yeah, it looks like Canadian TV. Um Fuck. <laughs> it looks like shit. <laughs> it so. really does. It like ugh. So I feel like I we're unnecessarily ragging on it, but like there are so many points during it where I think I put in my notes like this looks like shit. Mm-hmm. It really the CG does. looks like shit. Mm-hmm. The sets. So, so this is the thing. They spent so they spent fourteen million dollars on this movie, and they say that most of the money goes into the makeup and special effects, and the set. 
And it's like, I understand why the set was expensive because it's like, they basically fucked up when they're like, yeah, we're going to go into space. Well, that means you can't use existing locations. Right. You, you have to build everything from scratch, uh, which is really expensive. Now, the fix for something like that would be to use pre-existing space sets, which right. if you they were exist. shooting in Hollywood would be a manageable thing to do. In Canada, not so much. So they had to build this entire fucking spaceship from scratch, which was expensive, and it also looks cheap. It looks shitty, even though they spent a bunch of money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I wrote down... No, I'll save it. I'll save it for later. It's too... It's too I like the joke too much where it is. <laughs> um, and then, like, the special effects. God, I don't know what they spent on CGI, but this is, like... This is the worst era ever of CGI. It... Yeah. There's a couple of good kills, um, but yeah, for the most part... Especially that opening. We'll get to it. That opening yeah. title sequence. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what the fuck was happening. Yeah, take. I took me two two watches to figure out. I mean, I'm still not sure. There's not no either. confirmation, but I yeah, I have my thoughts. <laughs> um, so, anyways, you know this this whole thing gets made in '99. They finish it, and what happened essentially was uh, the president of New Line. I think I think he was the president. A guy named Mike DeLuca. Um, but the executive at New Line who was shepherding this movie to into existence uh, left. And so no one there picked up the cause. And so it just kind of sat on the shelf for like a year and a half until Cunningham and Isaac were able to get enough of someone's attention to be like, hey, can you please release our movie? Mm. <laughs> they finally did. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh studio mandated rewrites and stuff but like that's the siren song of the shitty filmmaker also it's just yeah like, yeah um yeah there's like the screenwriter definitely like it, what we had was a more edgy thing but they wanted it to be like post scream yeah. clever and then that's why we get like lines like this is going to suck in more than one way or something whatever that line is um yeah man it we should we should just start getting into the recap because a lot of these things we're gonna hit it hit again and again and again with this movie yeah uh we're, we're gonna try not to be overly negative i know it's not fun to listen to two guys just trash a movie but you know sometimes we don't like them sometimes these are the funny episodes too yeah exactly all right uh all right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get back into the recap of Jason X. Okay, so we start, and we're in hell? I'm not really sure. Looks like we're hell. In, we're in CGI hell, because it looks like fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like CGI hell, literally and figuratively. Uh, so I guess we're inside Jason's body, and this is like... I guess, yeah, does hell exist? Because it goes into his eyes. Like, that's that's where we're... That's apparently what we've been seeing all these interiors of. Yeah. But it very much started in hell. There's, like, flames and Escher-esque staircases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, like, metal contraptions and stuff. And when this movie started, I was like, oh, well, I give them credit. At least they're going to somehow explain to us how Jason got 
out of hell. Out of hell. Which yeah. is where we left him in the last movie. But no, that was literally just a fake out. It'd be one thing if this was like the bridge movie from Paramount to New Line. But it's like, uh-huh. this is the same fucking company and the same producer. This is still Sean Cunningham. And it's like, yeah, he was like, yeah, the movie we made six years ago, just ignore it. Yeah, it's like it doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, once Freddy vs. Jason comes out, it's like this one doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. well, I guess maybe this takes place after the events of Freddy vs. Jason. But before the events of this one, which purportedly starts in 2010. Um, right, right. Which is funny because that actually feels like the right time in the timeline of the Jason movies. Of where it should be. <laughs> it's yeah, about it It's about where the movies are now. <laughs> so yeah, apparently the only way for this to make any sense canonically is for the events of Freddy versus Jason to take place probably in like 2008 or 2009. So we get a Chiron that says Crystal Lake Research Facility. <laughs> so Crystal Lake <laughs> is really up and coming in 2010. It's I hope gi- you bought property there because it is worth a pretty penny now. It's a giant <laughs> hangar, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Subject: Jason Voorhees. Status awaiting cryogenic suspension. Jason's all tied up in like straps and padlocks and chains. His hair is too black. Did, you, did that bother you at all? It's like black and wiry. His yeah, so there's a I have a honestly like a bunch of issues with the way he's made up here. Like, he looks significantly more human than he has in a long time. Like, yeah. Because there's a lot of close ups of his eye, and it just looks like fucking Kane Hodder's eye. Like, they didn't do any, like, makeup or anything, which is fine, I guess, except they've been, it, they've been making him more and more, like, mutated and weird over the course of these movies. And then it seems like they've kind of gone back. Like, he has hair again. He didn't have hair for the no. longest time. He had that, like, crazy, wispy hair that we, glimpse in the the light jason goes to hell i didn't forget about that yeah uh so he's sort of like staring into nothingness then his eye jerks to this security guard who's behind this weird like concrete kiosk the guy drapes a sheet over his head and says why don't you stare at this for a while you ugly bastard and then out in the hall we meet dr wimmer who is played by david cronenberg yeah in a quick little cameo, and he's accompanied by our hero, Dr. Rowan LaFontaine. <laughs> There's some fucking... There are some great names in this movie. Oh, yeah. There are some... I do have... Oh, no. I, was, I do have to warn you that coming up, when we're introduced to the majority of the cast, we're introduced to them all at once, and there's like 25 people. So yeah. It was hard to keep track. And they all kind of look the same, too, in a lot of ways. I mean, especially telling the women apart for the first yeah. 20 minutes was nigh on impossible. Yes. Like, yes. one of them is blonde, and that helps. And that's it. It's like, there's that's the blonde it. one, and then there's, like... There's the brunette in a midriff shirt. Oh, no, that's all of them. <laughs> Wimmer wants Jason, the specimen. She says she can't because he's she hasn't prepped him yet for the cryostasis chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, I don't want him frozen. I want him soft. And he wants to transport Jason <laughs> to soft. their Scranton facility. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she says it's too dangerous to transport him. Uh, but Dr. Wimmer wants to do research on Jason's ability to regenerate. And he's willing to put lives at risk to do so. 
So they enter the chamber where he's being kept, and it's less of a chamber and more of a warehouse. <laughs> they get the, the blanket off of him, and it's the security guard. He's dead. Oh, no. So we, we got a body count of one. Jason pops out and quickly defeats three security guards and a soldier, like this officer. Uh, he spears Dr. Wimmer with some sort of spike long spear thing. Body count goes up to four. David Cronenberg's out of the movie. <laughs> uh, that decorated officer comes flying through the door, like busts it down mm-hmm. right in front of Rowan LaFontaine's feet. Body counts up to five. Um, and she looks up and Jason's standing there. She grabs behind, a shot. Jason, Jason's behind her. Yeah, I don't know how she got from and it was in like, the room. Right. So this is behind her. It's just magic teleportation, but it's not even like the classic Friday the 13th. Like, wait, how did he do that? That seems sketchy. This is just like, oh, yeah, it is teleportation, which I hate. Yeah, it made me a little. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She grabs a shotgun and runs into the basement and he's following her with a machete that he got from somewhere. I guess there's just machetes (laughs) hanging out in this place. She hides in the cryogenic chamber. Then uh, she pops out, starts shooting at him. He's staggered back into the cryo chamber. She hits the button. The door closes. Gas starts filling it. It's freezing him. But then he stabs through the fucking... Yeah. She she goes up to the glass to, like, watch him freeze. Like, yeah. literally puts her body against the cryogenic chamber. The only way he could possibly get to her. And he stabs right through this, like, huge piece, this metal door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With a machete. Uh, with a machete. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Um, so she slowly collapses, and he's frozen with the machete raised. Then frost starts to form on her brow because the, the, the cryo fluid or gas is coming out. And then we fade to black. And then we get a door opening. It's the basement. It's sometime in the future. We're not really sure, but it's covered in cobwebs. And then some people in these weird, like fetishy <laughs> steampunk hazmat suits and yeah. flashlights come down the stairs. Imagine if you guys have ever seen dark city, they yeah. look, they look kind of like those dudes. Only it's like red vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. With yeah. like big collars, like tall yeah, giant collars. collars. And these like steampunk goggles, they open the door to the cryo chamber, and it is led by Professor Braithwaite Low. <laughs> yeah. He's there with his students. Eric's helping you guys out by letting you know this is Professor Braithwaite Low. The movie <laughs> does almost no work to establish the names of any of these people. Oh my God. I know. Like usually in these kind of movies, they say the names so many times. So it's like, no. And not just the names, but who are they? What is their relationship to each other? What are they doing here? Yeah. Literally none of those questions are answered in this scene. Like, no, uh, arguably in also the movie. (laughs) Yeah. There are, there are a number of things like just, the knowledge of like who this guy is and who these group of this group of people that we're about to be introduced to are like, I came to mostly fully understand via context clues by the time we were probably halfway through the running time of the film. Yes. Yeah. 
me too. That's that's pretty much when it like snapped in for me of like who everybody was, yeah, and what their deal was, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they see Jason in the um in the containment unit. Okay, so we got Janessa. That's one of the girls. Yeah, this long-haired stoner guy named Azriel Ben Ruby. <laughs> uh, this dark-haired Xander type named Sooneron. Sooneron, you know, it's a future yeah. name. And then an android. They're accompanied by a female android, a sexy female android named KM14. Yeah. So they open up the chamber, and there's frozen, frozen Jason. What the hell is that? Asriel, the the stoner dude, touches a frozen mug and it gets stuck to his hand he's, after he's told not to touch anything. <laughs> he's obnoxious from the second he appears on camera until oh, yeah. the he moment he dies. He should not be dies. trusted on Earth in its current state <laughs> no. with this field trip. So it's, just, a fe- it's a field trip. Yeah. Should we just explain who everyone is so the people listening can understand what's going on? Like, Yeah, sure. That's, that's probably for the best. Give them the gift that we didn't have. It's a professor who is on Earth 1. Earth is now a barren wasteland. Uh, and they're exploring the Crystal Lake Research Facility on a science field trip. They're college yeah. students. These are his science college students. That will eventually become clear in about half an hour. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I had a brief note here because the awful stoner Azrael looked very familiar to me. Uh, I I was going to look him up and to pat myself on the back. I remembered where I knew him from before I got to his IMDb because I had seen him the night before in Tommy Boy. Oh shit! He plays one of the kids who screams. Uh, fat insult jokes at Tommy Boy from the shore of the lake when he's stuck on the boat. Uh, wow, is it? It's weird to me uh, when we're watching the Crystal Lake memories. How with the past couple movies, how young the people are in their interviews? Because like it starts out in like seventy nine, eighty. Right. So like the people there are significantly older. Mm-hmm. And this is funny now seeing like, oh, you're like my age now, basically. Well, and it's also I think that aspect is exaggerated too because one, Crystal Lake Memories is seven years old. Um, wow, is it really? Yeah, and two, I can I know for a fact that. There seem to be a number of those interviews are from years earlier. Yes, because they got, like, with people who have died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Jim Isaac, for instance, was in Crystal Lake mm-hmm. Memories, and he died a year before it was released. So they find Dr. Rowan LaFontaine's body, uh, and she's perfectly preserved, and they think they can bring her back to life. Yeah. Um, so she's in some sort of hibernation. Um, they call for an evac. Uh, Asriel, well, he fucks with Jason's body, and Jason falls over in the machete he's holding, just slices Asriel's arm off. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Uh, KM14 injects him with something that instantly seals the wound. Mm-hmm. Um, outside the surface of the earth is a wind-blown hellscape. So we meet the two pilots on the Grendel, the ship the Grendel, uh, there's Kicker and the guy with a cowboy hat named Fat Lou, yeah. who's not that fat. No, he's not fat at all. He's not uh, fat at all. 
Fat Lou, another guy I recognize. I recognized him too, but I couldn't pick like a place where. I wrote his name down initially as not Joe Flaherty. Because uh, <laughs> he looks like Joe Flaherty from SCTV and Freaks and Geeks. He's the mm-hmm. dad from Freaks and Geeks for those who. Is, is that why he looked familiar to me? Well, he's in Dirty Work. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that movie a few times, but I don't know that I would recognize him from that. So I think he just looks like... Yeah, I think uh, he just looks like yeah. Joe Flaherty. Yeah. The ship's captain scene, or is we also... This is our first look at, like, the cockpit of the spaceship. <laughs> and I, I think that all the dashboards and, like, the the console and everything, like, the futuristic space tech of the inside of this spaceship, it looks like if you wa- if you had walked into a Best Buy in 1999 <laughs> and gone to the stereos and, like, you know those, like, $300, like, Sony Explode ju- like boom boxes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. X-P-L-O-D? Like, yeah. It has like the like the the um the bars that like uh-huh. make different designs and bounce up and down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's like neon light effects inside the subwoofer. Yeah, <laughs> it's what the spaceship looks like. It's it's yeah, very... totally. Everything in this fucking movie looks like 1999. It's amazing. Uh, okay, so Dallas is the writer of the movie. Todd something or other. I can't remember his his name. Farmer. Uh, Todd Farmer, he's a real stone-cold Steve Austin-looking dude. Mm-hmm. There's a blonde woman with him. Her name is Briggs? It is Briggs. It is Briggs. Hell yeah. Yeah, good call. So they cuts back to the pilots in, in a fucking kicker. Is like, they think they can resuscitate the female that they found, and Fat Lou is pumped. <laughs> like, a female? Yeah. <laughs> So we meet Sergeant Brodsky. He's uh, one of the Space Marines, African American dude with bald head. Um, and then Crutch. He's like the engineer. They blast into orbit, orbit onto their mothership. Fat Lou's like, so uh, what's she look like? And Kicker's like, she's cute and single. And they both laugh. And Fat Lou's like, I'm so lonely. <laughs> Which I actually did laugh at. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Uh, Asriel forgot his arm, and I guess Janessa or something, or somebody gives it hands yeah, it to him. It's Janessa who has now changed into her. Um, what do you call this? This shirt she has on. It's open in the middle mm-hmm. and like held, like held closed by like wire, almost like yeah, string like- or wire, and it's the worst color combination if i'm remembering it's like maroon and brown or something yeah. like that well it's 99 so there's a lot of maroon there's a so lot of so much maroon purple and like burgundy red <laughs> yes yes in like velour yeah like velour velour yoga pants and stuff yeah so this is like okay. with flared bottoms yeah so it's a, a, even in even though it's supposed to be 2455 this movie could not scream 2000 louder uh, yes faux fur we get a lot of that we get a lot of like red and burgundy leather like that's yep. a very classic yep. look and a, then, a lot of midriff explode uh, exposed tons like rough knit sweaters you know uh-huh, with uh-huh, like exposed uh-huh. midriff like yeah yeah that look yeah, like they're crocheted almost <laughs> like a- adrian or adrian or whatever has mm-hmm. like a long sleeved tight 
knitted sweater with the shoulders exposed. And uh-huh. on top of that, she's wearing a knitted sweater tank top <laughs> yeah. that is a, they're both midriff and she's wearing like maroon lo- yoga, burgundy yoga pants. Yeah. It's so awful. So this movie was shot while both of us were in high school. And so I think that these styles, while being incredibly dated, are like very much for me, like imprinted into my mind forever. Because you're always going to remember what the girls were wearing when you were in uh-huh. high school, you know? Um, yes, yes. I for- I mean, until you just said it right now, I mean, obviously you see it in this movie, but I forgot how much like bell bottoms made this weird comeback in the late 90s. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just realized too that I saw. So they mentioned in the in the Crystal Lake Memories uh, documentary that this was before it was released in theaters. It got pirated heavily on Pirate Bay, and that's how I saw it. I didn't see ah. it in theaters. We only we saw a pirated version of well, it. Well, I cannot speak to why this happened, but I bet you the reason that happened is because it was released in Spain. More than half a year before it had its U.S. Re- release. That's so strange. Okay, so uh, we get to on to the Grendel and we meet even more people. Kin- Kinsa, another a lady, uh, Waylander. He's like a young black guy, and Stony, who is also a Xander type, who looks so much like Sooneron that I, <laughs> it's so hard to tell them apart. Yeah. Uh, everybody's talking a mile a minute, just like this '90s quippy. Like they're insulting each other and and having quips back. And I could not follow most of it. Uh, they get Rowan LaFontaine on the <laughs> on the gurney or whatever the fuck. Um, they put Asriel in this regenerative pod to reattach his arm. Uh, in the other lab, Adrian. Uh, who's that blonde girl who I just described what she was wearing is working on Jason. Mm-hmm. And I think Stony is with her. Yeah. It's Stony Stony and, then... and Kinza. Yeah. Kinza comes to, to distract Stony cause they're fucking dude. Yeah. They are so horny. <laughs> He's like, yeah. he like grabs Kinza's ass and they're just like, almost like straight up, like dry fucking in front of Adrian while she's trying to, <laughs> while she's trying to like examine Jason's body, yeah, and Kinsa's like, I bet he's hung like a mammoth, and they just like <laughs> fucking start groping each other, and Adrian's just like, Hey guys, get out of here and get your minds right. Basically, like go fuck and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, back with Rowan Lafontaine, they release these like liquid metal nanobots over her. This whole operation is being led by KM, the cyborg woman, who uh-huh. who we haven't mentioned yet, has like a tiny sliver of gelled hair sideburn on either side of her face. I don't actually think I caught that. Uh, back with Jason, Adrian pulls out like his rotted eye um, and then she freezes, tosses it into like a vat of liquid nitrogen. Uh, they're healing Rowan with the nanobots. KM-14 is just saying a lot of medical mumbo-jumbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rowan LaFontaine wakes up, and she's freaked out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, where is, she, where is he? Did you get him? She's all freaked out about Jason. She finds out it is now the year 2455, so it is over 400 years in the future. 
just to back up for a second, I didn't actually notice. Is Jason missing an eye for the rest of the movie until, you know, he gets until the the point at which he gets a lot of new body parts? That's a great point. I didn't notice. I didn't either. I feel like he's not, but yeah, I'd have to go back and look. And if he is, it's not worth, I mean, it's gross. It's a gross moment. The eye looks gross. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's not something that ever really comes up again. Uh, so then we are with Braithwaite low professor Braithwaite low in his quarters. He calls his financial backer who I don't think we ever get his name. Uh, his name is Dieter Perez. Uh, <laughs> and I know this because I went to go look him up because he, this is a little connection to the Cronenberg universe. So he has a no, uh, notable part in Scanners, which I forgot to mention on the podcast, but I did after our discussion. I did rewatch that last week. Oh, so, I almost did actually. I almost yeah. rewatched that. And I enjoyed it very thoroughly. But yeah, so he plays a scanner artist in that movie the same guy who plays Dieter Perez but I think he's great yeah he's he's really good so uh he's very unimpressed though with Braithwaite's Mm -hmm. finds uh he doesn't have any interest in Rowan at all but he's more interested in Jason Voorhees because he knows about Jason yeah and he says that he killed nearly 200 people on earth and then disappeared without a trace and with the right buyer, he could be worth a fortune. So basically, like, he wants Lowe to save Jason to sell to some, like, collector or highest bidder who would want the yeah. body of an unstoppable serial killer, I guess. Yeah, seems very useful, but what are you going to do? Uh, so then there's a knock on his door, I guess. It slides open, and we get Janessa. And she says, Professor, I think we need to talk about our mid my midterm. And she's holding a champagne bottle in some sort of caliber calipers. Yeah. So then back in the lab, Adrian's cutting around Jason's mask and black blood's pouring out and she removes it. And of course his face is all fucked up. And then we cut back to professor Braithwaite Lowe's room and Janessa's twisting his nipple with the calipers. And he's like, you pass, you pass. It's dumb. <laughs> It's very it's dumb. It's real dumb, yeah. And it's the first uh, of two sex scenes with no nudity. It is. Um, and then we cut to KM14 is getting her new tits looked at by Sooneron, who is like in a relationship with her. Uh, and he's like, she's like, oh, he, he says, why do you want these things? She's like, Janessa has them. Well, Janessa is, and she finishes the thought form, real. And so she's like jealous. She wants to be mm-hmm. a real girl, a real girl. Um, and so this Sooneron is in a relationship with her. Her nipples fall off. <laughs> <laughs> the nipples fall off and it looks really weird. It looks like there's a PA standing underneath them and they're connected to a fishing line. And they just, yeah, that's exactly off. how they think they did it. And they're fake boobs. Obviously they're not, they're just yeah. like prosthetics over. I so also, it doesn't count. I read this as, I felt like the script was trying to suggest to us, like, I feel like the, the relationship between Sooneron and KM at this point is unconsummated. That was the vibe that I got. Oh, you think so? All right. So that wasn't I, the vibe that I yeah. got, but that, that, uh, that makes sense. I think this is supposed to be sexual tension right now. Between him and an android. Yeah. That he created. Uh, Shades so then, of Krieger. 
Stoney and Kinza are who were dismissed to fuck are fucking again no nudity would have been appreciated here looks like a softcore movie except with no nudity right uh Jason in the lab unclenches his hand and sits up Adrian looks back he's not there then he grabs her head yeah. he dunks her head into liquid nitrogen she like freezes mid scream and then pulls her out and smashes her face on the counter and it shatters. It's a really good kill. It's great. The CGI of her face freezing is the only CGI in the movie that looks good. Yes, yes. Um, I agree. And it's a very creative kill. And I not, I tip my cap to it. And it's sad to say, I think this is the high point of this entire movie. <laughs> I think so, too. Uh, and then he selects this futuristic machete, which has no place being in like a medical tool <laughs> facility. And, and I really appreciate it. I noticed later on that it's facing the wrong way. Like Jason is want to do. Uh-huh. Have you noticed that? Like the blade is on the end that you would think would be dull. Uh, I like that. I did not notice that. Good eye. Uh, so Braithwaite brings Rowan food and he explains to her that they're on their way to earth too. And earth one can no longer sustain life. Uh, Jason's stalking around the ship. Rowan gives Braithwaite the lowdown about what happened to her and Jason. He was executed for the first time in 2008. We tried everything. Electrocution, gas, firing squad, hangings. Nothing worked. So they decided to freeze him. Rowan finds out that Jason's still on board. Gets super freaked out by that. And Lowe says that he's a valuable scientific artifact. So they had to take him. Uh, and she's like, he's an unstoppable killing machine. He's not dead. And Lowe's like, yes, he's, of course he's dead. He's dead. I'll show you. And of course, he brings him to the examination table. Mm -hmm. He's gone. He's not dead. So the Stony, the dude from the horny couple, opens his door. Jason stabs him through the gut. Body count goes up to seven now. Blood splashes onto Kinsa's face. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jason pulls him through uh, the door and leaves her alone, which is kind of weird. He just kind of like takes the body and leaves. Yeah, he's never done that. I mean, he always... No, he's never kill, done that. He just kills everybody. Uh, the ship goes on to lockdown. Brodsky's barking orders to his space marines. Yeah, so I want to talk about something here. So he talks about putting the ship on lockdown, right? That is... Right, that's something I think he says. So they say that, but then... Like the plot and the Jason's ability to just move freely through the ship for the rest of this movie makes so little sense where it's just like, it's a spaceship and we see in a number of scenes already that it has classic like naval inspired spaceship doors between sections and hallways that close and open, right? And like, right, right. And it's like you would assume that on any ship like this, especially in the year twenty four fifty five, that you could just lock the doors, like you could just cordon him off in whatever section he's in, and seal him in there. But for some reason, that never happens in this entire movie until the last like twenty <laughs> minutes. Right, right. When he's too strong for it to really matter because he can just burst through walls. Yeah, yeah. It's 
it's mind numbing. And then on top of that, there's no fucking surveillance in this entire movie. No, there isn't. That's a great point. Yeah, they're, they're like there should be some cameras and some monitors. Yeah, and it's just like yeah. for whatever reason, for the machinations of the plot, they just leave it out. So uh, Brodsky says that he wants nothing left of Jason, and Lowe gets all freaked out because then he'd have nothing left to sell. Uh, I didn't get his name, but a space marine with a huge gun is in this shitty-looking like area that looks like a concert it looks like a, a black box warehouse yeah with like concert scaffolding uh-huh. and smoke machines yeah no absolutely yeah it <laughs> i oh. immediately recognized it as like soundstage scaffolding i was like yeah that's like that's how you set up a stage for a big band in an arena where there isn't usually a like a freestanding stage yeah exactly oh you know is this is dallas he's dallas because uh, then this giant monster jumps out, mm-hmm. and he and Dallas blows his head off, and then Asriel's there. Another monster jumps out. Asriel blows that monster's head off. And then we realize, oh, it's a VR. It's a simulation yeah. thing. It's a game they're playing. Yeah, and they're big CGI monsters, and they look like shit. So suddenly they see Jason in there, uh, and Jason like chops the monster's arm off. Which really calls into question how these simulations work. <laughs> they pause it, then Jason slices Asriel in half they at can't, the shoulder. Yeah, Jason won't pause, and they're like, "Well, come on, pause, pause." Right, right, exactly. And then they he cuts Dallas's head off, and then Dallas is like, "All right, screw this, game over." So he's not dead. Mm-hmm. It's actually just a simulation. Uh, and then we reveal that they're sitting on the floor with controllers, and Jason's still there. Uh, he grabs Asriel. Dallas pulls a gun, shoots Jason. Uh, Asriel dra- jumps onto Jason's back, and then Jason breaks his back over his knee and throws his lifeless body on the ground. Yeah. Then he smashes Dallas's face against the wall. So we get a body count of nine. Now, when he killed Asriel, that's a wrestling move, is it not, Eric? That is. That's a bra- that's a backbreaker. He kind of did okay. it sideways. Usually, it's okay. typically on like flat on your back. Uh-huh. And you'll notice that the the wrestler who's getting the backbreaker done to him, like he's not bringing his full weight down on the guy's knee because he's putting his he's like bridging his feet on the ground. Okay, his feet hit first or at Got the same it. time. <clears throat> but yeah, it is a legit wrestling move. Yeah, just to interrupt for a second because we we've, we've been seeing Jason walking around for a little bit here, and I had an I had an epiphany during this, and I wrote this note down. Um, so. Somewhat famously, this is the fourth and final appearance of Kane Hodder as Jason Voorhees. Um, yeah, and I, it's it's a little it's a thing that gets asked about and written about uh, with some frequency that he was not asked back for Freddy versus Jason, which is the next movie, right? And the on the record reasoning for this that comes from that director Ronnie Yu is uh, the idea that. They wanted a greater height difference between Robert England and Jason. Robert England is 5'9". Kane Hodder is 6'3". They ended up going with Ken Kersinger, who we talked about in Jason Takes Manhattan, was the line cook in that movie, who's 6'5". Mm-hmm. But um, you look at, at, at Hodder in this movie, and as he's becoming an older man, 
I think just like yeah. through no fault of his own, he he's starting to look sort of top heavy. I think yes, and like th- yeah, and I'm a like I'm a heavy guy, and so I'm not someone. I'm in no way am I criticizing Kane Hodder's fitness, but I think something that you'll notice, especially with bigger guys, as we get older, there's a body type where the upper body just starts to look bigger, right? Like yeah. chest to shoulders, all of that, and it's definitely like the shape of Jason feels a little different in this movie, and he feels a little top heavy. Uh, I agree. Um, I also Kane Hodder. He has rubbed me the wrong way <laughs> in these Crystal Lake memories. Uh-huh. Movie after movie. Do you feel the same way? I feel. I feel ambivalent. I want to ask you this though: Has anyone rubbed you the right way across all of Crystal Lake? Oh memories? yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. I feel like I've been like really hard on the people like in these. Uh, the f- I would say I had I didn't have a problem with anybody until John Carl Beekler, <laughs> and then since then I've had a problem with like every one of the directors. Now actually not Jim Isaacs I didn't have a problem with him, mm-hmm. uh, but Kane Hodder he seems to take he takes it a little too seriously, is my problem. Which is like he should he should take right. it seriously. That's not his fault, but he does it in a way that's like very intense. Uh huh. But I, I mean, I'll say this in his defense: it's, it's all of the interviews that I've heard with his fellow cast members seem to suggest that he's a pretty fun guy on set. Um, yeah, that's good. Now you know what? I'm just being unnecessarily dickish. I, sh- I apologize. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like he, there's, there's almost when you listen to him talk about it, it's just I happen to find this endearing. I think it's a good quality. <laughs> In someone you're going to have play a role like this. But he does have like an almost nerd-like devotion to this character and getting yeah. it right, you know? You know what? There's not a lot of people who who delve into like their process mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to a character like this as much as he has. And maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Th- he really does get into like, well, in this one, I wanted Jason to breathe heavy mm-hmm. and to like turn with his with his head first or you know like that yeah. kind of thing and i'll say this i felt i felt in this movie specifically that he he managed to despite all of his makeup as always like he channeled a lot of like rage in this one you know sure yeah 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 nah, i don't I know did. that's just my thought on it but yeah oh like overall i'm a hotter supporter also i mean at like by the time jason Freddy versus Jason was getting shot. He was coming up on 50 and yeah, it's just like at a certain point, it's a stunt man's role and you know, you should, you should probably move on to someone younger. Uh, now that being with all that being said, I think in any future, uh, Friday the 13th movies that get made, I think there should always at the very least be a cameo role for Kane Hodder. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, because he has definitely made himself an integral part of the franchise. So uh, Brodsky wants to take Jason out, uh, but Lowe wants him alive. Then we meet Sven and Gecko, two space marines. Uh, he like talks to him. He's like, I promised the doc we'd take him alive. And they get really disappointed. He's like, so when you blow him all to hell, put him back on his legs so he can say we tried. So I, I like Brodsky. Mm-hmm. I enjoy him. Yeah. Uh, Briggs, the blonde woman space marine, finds Dallas dead. 
another guy, I didn't get his name, finds Asriel. Sven and Gecko find a trail of blood. Uh, I guess, oh, you know, the guy who found Asriel might be Condor. I'm not really sure. Um, it doesn't matter. All these fucking guys are about to die. <laughs> they're about to die. Uh, then we see Crutch at his work bench. He, bench. He's got these weird glasses on. It's like a monocle with two options. And he looks up, and Jason's behind him in the mirror. Uh, and then they, Brodsky shouts, Crutch, get down now! And Brodsky and some, sh- some soldiers just absolutely light Jason up and shoot him hundreds of times. There's a lot of guns in this movie. Yeah, at least they use squibs here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it looks. I mean, it doesn't look bad, but they shoot the fuck out yeah. of Jason. No, the shooting looks good. Unfortunately, the set looks like they're in a fucking paintball field that's supposed to look like a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks like an escape room or something. <laughs> yep. Um, the soldiers are walking around the ship, guns at the ready, checking corners. Jason grabs Sven from behind, snaps his neck. Body count goes up to 10. Uh, Jason comes up behind Condor and they have a fight and he punches Condor. He lands, he falls off this like balcony and lands on this big drill and spins down it. Uh, body counts of 11. Um, the two female soldiers, I think Gecko and Briggs, find Condor and they say, What's his condition? He's screwed. Mm. who would say nobody would fucking say could you imagine you found a colleague impaled on a fucking auger or whatever that he's on even even (laughs) in you make a joke even in quippy action movies that's for the hero to say about a villain you don't say that exactly one of your comrades exactly that's for dirty harry to say he's hanging around back there or whatever he says (laughs) at the end of dirty harry yeah yeah that is not for yeah such a good point yeah uh the dark-haired woman finds sven uh who i think her name is gecko rowan and company are like listening to all of this like on the deck um the uh gecko backs into jason he slits her throat uh body count goes up to 12 sort of she's not dead yet she wobbles up to some dude and collapses gurgling blood Jason reveals himself to him and he lights him up with his machine gun. Jason falls over onto like an anchor. I I couldn't really tell what this was. They're like, uh, what does it remind me of? It's like a crane type thing. Cause it's like hanging from the ceiling, right? Yeah. And it's on a chain, but yeah, it's like, if an anchor was more dangerous and sharper yeah. and had more prongs on it. Like an anchor made of meat hooks. Jason falls over onto the anchor. Yeah. He impales himself he on Impales himself onto it. He lifts himself off uh, and then cuts the dude in half. And we see him like crawling like half the upper half of his torso. Body count goes up to 13. Um, and then... We cut away and we cut back and Briggs now is hanging from the anchor. So she she got it from Jason at some point. We don't see it on camera. So Brodsky is all alone in there. Uh, Jason reaches through a wall and like holds him and then impales him with a spike. 
and Brodsky says, it's going to take more than a poke in the ribs to slow this old dog, uh, to take down this old dog. And then another spikes burst through him. And he says, yeah, that ought to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Back in the deck, the professor and the students are listening. And Lowe blames the soldiers for being too proud and unprepared. He's very much a Trump type. (laughs) Just like victim blaming and be like, well, it's yeah, uh, the space Marines are they're unprepared. Uh, I can't do a Trump. But uh, and then (laughs) so the so Fat Lou is bringing the Grendel into the space station Solaris to safety. And then right before they're about to dock, Jason kills him off screen. So body counts up to 15. And then Lowe is like confidently talking about how it's like, oh, on the on the Solaris, there's 60 highly trained professionals. They're going to kill Jason. We're going to be safe. But what what's this? The ship's coming in too fast because there's no fucking pilot. <laughs> the Grendel crashes into the Solaris. It like just wrecks it, wrecks it, like rips apart the top layer. It like yeah. smashes into these buildings. Ships exploding. Shit's exploding everywhere. It's in fucking ruins, and then it just explodes. <laughs> yeah, I like the whole the, thing. Blows up. I like this part. It was entertaining, but it 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 led me down another angry wormhole of like not accounting for any kind of future tech. Sure, like no, like, like autopilot or like right. Like even it's like my fu- airplanes now a, can yeah you, yeah <laughs> a fucking car will a, stop. I had a yeah, I had a Honda Civic five years ago <laughs> that had better collision mitigation than this fucking spaceship has. Uh, I love I love when um, sci-fi movies get shit wrong just because like oh yeah, we just didn't even think that that would be a thing. You know what I mean? Like self-parking cars, <laughs> we just, like never even thought yeah. about it. Yeah. Um. So the ship is like now hamstrung. The Grendel's like kind of limping on its last legs um and then uh and then suddenly jason bursts through the window not even the door and everybody scatters professor lowe is on the deck with jason <laughs> this part's kind of funny um he offers jason his connections like hey i know people we back on earth too i can make you famous like we, you and me uh-huh. we can make a lot of money and then jason's like reaching towards him and then he picks up his machete, which is like behind Low, and Low gets super pumped. He's like, "Oh, you just wanted your machete back? Take it. Just remember that I'm the one who gave it to you." Hey guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. <laughs> which is it's like goofy. It's yeah. goofy. It's very funny. I think it's very funny, but it's like in another movie at this point. Like yeah. it's it's too funny for this movie. Hundred percent. And then, like all the people who are in the other room hear low scream, uh, and then they're trying to figure out what the fuck to do, and they realize that they could get out to this escape shuttle. And then KM fourteen says the statistical probability of surviving this ordeal is twelve percent. And so I think you're right. I think you're right in your assessment of of their relationship, because then Sooneron kisses her, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, I think it just went up to fifty three percent." And he's like, right. well, can I make it go to 100? 
Presumably they go fuck. Yeah, I hope that's so. What I, thought. I hope he. That's what I thought. A hundred was like getting. That's like hitting a home run. I hope he cleans out uh, whatever receptacle she has to. <laughs> do you think she's anatomically like work? Do you think she works? Like, like if you're gonna, oh, like that. Oh no, because if you're gonna make an android, you wouldn't give her a working vagina, would you? Unless she was a. Sex- I don't. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the right way to proceed here <laughs> is, is to not like, talk about this. <laughs> no, no, I totally disagree. I think this needs to okay, be talked good, about. Okay, good, good, good. But I think that, you know, if I was in Sooneron's shoes, I think that you don't start by giving the android a vagina. You allow the android in the same way that she's requested nipples. <laughs> If she wants to be upgraded to have a working vagina, then you can you can oblige that request. Sure. But you don't you don't build the robot with genitals. I think. So at this point they're just doing like hand and mouth stuff. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean she, she imagine the kind of handy that Wow that KM does. Yeah. Just smoke coming off of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, be like it's like you're 14 again. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not just doing it standing up in my basement bathroom <laughs> with my iPad propped up. <laughs> There's no way that isn't 100% accurate. <laughs> Getting loose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Jason X, man, brings it out of me. Uh, <laughs> Janessa, Kinsa, and Rowan are walking around this ship. They think they see somebody still alive in the next room. And Rowan... Yeah, this was confusing. Yeah, it was confusing because like, I didn't really see anything. They do show a shot of what they're looking at, but it's hard yeah. to tell what's happening. Uh, Rowan sends them off to the shuttle bay while she investigates, which suddenly she knows a lot about this ship. And, like, should not be comfortable in this position whatsoever. But she is. Yeah. Uh, And then she finds Brodsky, who is not dead. He's still alive. Uh, Because he's a badass. He's a badass. Uh, Crutch and Waylander, they're still around. Don't forget about them. They find find (laughs) the torn up body parts of the pilots. Like, it's like There's, like, shreds of flesh everywhere. So, Rowan tells Brodsky... That she's going to help him, but then she can't get, like, she can't pick him up, so she calls for help. Crutch clears Fat Lou's head from the pilot's seat. <laughs> and uh, Waylander's, like, all grossed out. And he's like, oh, you're lucky you weren't here for the Microsoft conflict. We were beating each other with our own severed limbs. So, you know, of course, Bill Gates... Don't get that vaccine, guys. <laughs> it's Bill Gates microchipping him. Listen to Jason X. This is how it starts. This is how it starts. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Rowan can't move Brodsky, so Waylon overhears this, and he volunteers to help. He leaves Crutch on, in the uh, cockpit, and uh, uh, Rowan goes back, and Brodsky's gone. Uh then Crutch leans back in the pilot's chair next to Lowe's severed head. This is a weird reaction. So, okay. So what happens is he, he leans back in the chair and he looks uh-huh. over 
and Jason, it's Jason's holding Lowe's severed head. Yeah. And he looks at it and he laughs. Well, cause I think he thinks that crutch or crutch thinks that Lowe is alive. Okay. And so he's like, ah, you're not dead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes, you know? that makes sense. I, That's how I read it. Um, then Jason takes his face and jams it into an electrical panel and he fries. I don't like electrocution deaths in these movies. Uh, Kins is freaking out. She's behind closed doors and she won't let Janessa Rowan and Waylander on. She lowers the shuttle, which is still attached to the ship and it fucking crashes into the Grendel. Like it's still attached. Like she didn't detach it. Like she's trying to yeah. escape without detaching it. And it crashes into the Grendel, uh, blowing up, killing her. Body counts up to 17. I do like that no matter what they do, the situation just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of a funny... It's almost like a comedy of errors in terms of them trying to just get away from Jason. Um, So Jason enters. He corners Janessa, Rowan, and Waylander. And then suddenly... Sooneron and KM-14 enter, and he says, Hey, Slappy, got something for you. There's this full-on guitar pick scrape on the soundtrack. <laughs> and then KM is head-to-toe in Matrix-style leather. Yeah. And he, oh, he says, Do you, did you hear what he says? He says, yeah. he gave her an upload. He means upload. <laughs> He means upgrade. They just fucking got it wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, you did. Get- <laughs> I don't know. Basically, he gave her. <laughs> I think he uploaded yeah. her with something. <laughs> yeah, it's correct. Yeah, you're right. You know what? L- little uh, what do they call it? Wetware. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he did give her an upload. Oh wow! I, I just read. Uh, my apologies to Todd Farmer. Uh, no, I, I, I think it's a mistake. Uh, I think we're doing too much work for the movie. Uh, and she says, "I'm afraid I'm going to have to hurt you now." Uh, Jason, and then Jason throws his machete into her stomach. She's like, "That uh, didn't go so well." And then Jason goes to grab the machete, and she snaps too. Gotcha! And she shoots him. She does some flips. There's some really like cartwheels and matrix style flips and moves yeah except dumb looking except really bad looking well because the thing they do is like you know the matrix looks really cool in part because they you know they they created this whole bullet time sort of choreography for stuff which makes the moves look dope and this is the opposite where they speed up the footage to make it look like the person's flipping faster, uh-huh. but it just looks cheap and stupid. Right, right. Uh. Yeah. She puts two guns to his head. She, Jason hits her. He gets on top of her. And then Brodsky comes to the rescue, stabs Jason in the arm. KM shoots holes around the walls around Jason, then kicks him through, the, through to the other side. He falls down. She pulls out a huge gun blows off his leg he falls backwards she blows his arm off then she blows his head apart which looks pretty rad uh and then throws the machete at him which stabs him in the gut and he's fucking dead yeah they all celebrate you did it uh she says who's your mama and kisses sooner on (laughs) 
Um, so they're all healing up Brodsky in that like that pod. Uh, the ship starts shaking, and uh, Waylander figures out like we got trouble. The collisions compromise the hull. She's bleeding out. They get a response to their distress call. Um, and basically, there's another ship that's four parsecs away. ETA is 45 minutes, but we don't have that much time. We're going to mm-hmm. have a core implosion in less than 30 minutes. If you can't get here in 30 minutes, there's no point. And then Rowan is like looking at a map of the ship and somehow knows. <laughs> it's like, oh, what if we... Were you going to say something? Well, no, I mean, I just want to further describe what you're talking about. So she looks at the monitor and like the ship is just, it's like a pontoon boat. Yes. Yeah. Basically, there's two parts of it that are just connected by all these walkways. And one half of it is flashing red and all fucked. And the other half is all green. And she's like, what if we just used the green part of the ship? Yeah, exactly. Got rid of the red part. Exactly. And they're like, well, you know, it's crazy enough, but it just might work. Um, you mean the most straightforward plan possible? <laughs> exactly. So, meanwhile, um, oh, good. Yeah, I was just saying before we move on to what's happening. Meanwhile, I want to ask you a question as just a brief thought experiment. If you're on this ship and you know at least the bit about Jason Voorhees, certainly Rowan knows plenty about Jason Voorhees. You're on a spaceship in space. And you successfully, uh, presumably kill, but certainly incapacitate Jason Voorhees. How would you proceed next? What would you do? I would take his body parts and then put him out the airlock. Yeah, that that almost seems to be just the most straightforward logical. And I'm not going to be this guy right, for right, the rest right. of this. But it's just like... It's a spaceship fucking movie. Yeah. Alien, like Alien is the movie this movie wants to be so badly. It exists presumably in this universe. And it's just like, this is the ultimate, like, I knocked him down once and then I'm going to walk away uh-huh. kind of thing. Where they just leave him in there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, you're in space. Throw him out the airlock for the love of God. And, and like... There's no coming back from that. <laughs> well, apparently yeah. there is. All right, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so Jason's laying in pieces, and the healing machine fires up, and nanobots rush out, crawl over them, and start to do their thing. Uh, our heroes are setting up explosives in the walkways. Uh, Jason's being stitched back together, and Jason's back, baby. He's back and better than ever, and they credit him Kane Hodder plays Jason slash mm-hmm. Uber Jason Uber Jason and there's one there's like one sort of nuance thing in him getting put back together by the nanobots that I thought was a good idea but I still feel like the execution on how they sort of show it is kind of shabby which is they're trying to put him back together like they did with Rowan right uh-huh. and like stitching up her stomach but there's like an error message that's like um there's not enough organic material to put him back together. So then it like switches over to a like seeking synthetic material to complete. Oh, I, and the, I the that. nanobots go out all over the room to like metal parts. Oh, actually, and I actually so, missed that. 
Yeah, so that's like I guess the justification for why he's like half metal now. Which I was like, yeah, that's cool, I guess. His mask looks bad though. That is a real plasticky looking metal. It is, yeah. But I mean, I, I'll say this: like the Uber Jason makeup hasn't aged as poorly as some parts of this movie. Oh, for like, sure. Like it's kind of cool. It's, I don't know. Like I like his it's red not eyes. The worst. Yeah, his red eyes. The hockey mask is kind of dumb looking in the front, but I like the way that it like goes it's like embedded in his brain like kind of you know because he's like got this sort of exposed brain look and yeah yeah i don't know it's not the worst thing no I've it's ever not seen. <clears throat> excuse me it's not uh it's just like the, the the mask itself looks like oh that's clearly plastic but the yeah the cameras are either a little too good or a little too bad it make mm-hmm. like you make it apparent that it's plastic yeah. Uh, but what you gonna do? Um, so he reveals himself to our survivors, and KM goes at him with the bullets, but the bullets have no effect, especially now with his Uber body. She punches him to no effect. She's like, "You make it, you guys might want to run." And Jason punches her head off. Sooneron grabs it. <laughs> it looks such a bad. Oh, it's special it effect. is a, it, terrible. Uh, Jason throws Waylander against the wall and the door closes, sealing Waylander in there with Jason. And he's like, hey, asshole. And he has the detonator and he mm-hmm. blows the walkways and himself up. Body count goes to 18. I always I do appreciate a explosion self-sacrifice in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a good he handled moment. it. Well, yeah. Yeah. So they're uh, all celebrating. Sooneron's like, I think we're finally okay. KM's like, I'd clap if I could. Uh, the rescue ship arrived. Let's go home. And then Jason fucking punches through the hull of the ship. <laughs> He's on the outside. He punches his way in. Uh, shit's getting sucked out of the hole. Janessa like, is grabbing onto this grating on the ground. Uh, yeah getting sucked out the hole and finally Rowan reaches for her. And then she says, this sucks on so many levels. <laughs> and then let's go and gets like shredded in the hole. Yeah. Body count 19. And Nobody would say that when they die. <laughs> no. Famously, your boy, Roger Ebert used that line as his one line review <laughs> of this. Film. That's it. That he just that was yeah. his review. It's just this sucks on so many levels. I believe so. He may have then written something else. Oh, okay, okay. That that, was, yeah, that's great. That's that's his that's his review in a nutshell of this movie. Um, so they get out of there. They close the door. Jason punches his way into the ship. The rescue ship, uh, is there. He's trying to get the airlock like sealed, but it won't open. Mm-hmm. And then they realize that. The only option is to get somebody out there to do a spacewalk to connect it. So Brodsky's the man for the job. Jason punches the door down. Brodsky's all suited up. I like the look of this spacesuit. It's like it's cool. It's like two thousand one ish. Yeah, like red and it's it's cool mm-hmm. looking. Uh, he starts his spacewalk. Sooneron and Rowan decide that they need to give a diversion to give 
Brodsky some more time. So yeah. um, they fire up the old simulation machine. All right. So before we move into the sim machine, I'm going to do what I promise is my last bit of being this guy who has big issues with the logical ins- inconsistencies of this plot. But Janessa just died because Jason punched a hole in the hull of the ship, depressurized the room they were in, and everything got sucked out into space, right? And then they sealed that room off and escaped to where the things are happening now, where they're trying to get onto the escape shuttle. Jason continues to open doors and punch his way to where they are. Breaking the seal. Right, so everything should be depressurizing. Everything should be being sucked out into space. Yeah. And they just, and like they literally show him right after they have the depressurization scene, he yanks that door open and there's no more vacuum of space. There's no more anything getting sucked out. It's just like that scene is over and now depressurization doesn't exist anymore. Right, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Like, yeah, it should just be going through the rest of the ship now and all the holes mm-hmm. that he's made. Yeah. Every time he progresses to another room, it should advance, but instead. Which would be a nothing. cool thing. Yeah. Like you just, could totally write that into the script. He keeps compromising rooms and they get a smaller and smaller area to run to. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so I remember this simulation scene. This is like the one scene that really stuck in my head from when I first saw yeah. it in college. And I remember this being so funny and like a highlight of the movie it's Mm -hmm. not no it's it's lame i mean it it feels very clumsy it's like a clever idea but it's like that's and the funny thing is i don't know this this point in the movie where you're talking about right now i think i ended up reaching the same conclusion here because i've definitely seen this movie at least three times okay i saw it when it came out in the theater i definitely saw it at least once on home video and then we watched it for the podcast right but it'd been a long time since i've seen it probably 10 years but i wonder how much of like the the looking shitty and the and the cheapness of this movie is just like a change in the time and the change in which the way we view things because like i don't remember this movie looking this cheap and yeah. and I'm going to I'm going to throw something out there which I think part of the reason why this looks so fucking bad is because when we saw it not only in theaters but also on video it probably wasn't in HD. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, I definitely saw like a pirated rip of it. So that Yeah. And then maybe and I, I probably saw... watched a VHS copy. Yeah, of this. sure. Or, or DVD, which wasn't HD. Right, a DVD. Yeah, exactly. So it's like we're watching full HD, which, and it's funny, part of what made me think of this is you mentioning we were talking about porn before, but it's <laughs> like there was a huge thing when porn switched over to HD. Where it was like, oh, this doesn't look good at all. Like, yeah, no yeah. one, like, like, go back to SD. You don't want to see this much detail. It's not good. <laughs> and that's really a thing, I think, with movies. I think, you know, you see this if you go if you go now and you watch an HD remaster of like Empire Strikes Back, for instance, 
it's you know there are certain scenes that just look shitty because it's like they weren't meant to be seen in high definition yeah i mean a lot of these movies that we watch for this podcast i would say fall into this category where like Mm -hmm. watching it's like almost like the perfect way to watch friday the 13th part two is on vhs i think you're right but here's the thing this this fate hasn't befallen really any of the other movies in this series. I don't right, right. I would not level this same criticism at any of the other movies we've seen. Sure. Yeah, maybe that maybe part 2 is a bad example because it is just like shot in a naturally beautiful mm-hmm. place. Right. Um I mean, I think the other thing too is that like part 2 is I just think that like especially the way that a movie like this is lit. This movie's lit like fucking shit. It's lit like a TV... I mean, and I should just say, it's lit like a sci-fi TV show. And it's like, that plays so badly in high definition. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, I spent all this time trying to think of like, why does this movie seem so much worse than I remember it? Like, and I think part of it is that... And then I also think part of it is like, we saw this movie when we were teenagers. And like, this scene probably was funny when I was you know, 17 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or 18, 18 or 19, 18, 19 whenever yeah. I was when this came out, uh, because it is like clever in its conception, but it's shit in its execution. And I just, I think it probably didn't care that much about stuff. like. And we've that seen, we've seen it done since then better. Like we've seen cabin yeah. in the woods, you know what I mean? Which is like yeah. a great deconstruction of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, l- let's get on to the scene, which is like Jason, Basically, they load up a Camp Crystal Lake simulation. Um, and then suddenly, Jason is in the woods. There's a cabin there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he sees through the simulation to Sooneron. So he quickly initiates a new simulation and he adds two co eds. Uh, so she's like, Do you want a beer? Or do you want to smoke some pot? Or maybe we could have premarital sex. And they like giggle and get into their sleeping bags. And then it just cuts to Jason picks up the sl- one of the sleeping bags and is hitting the other sleeping bag with it. Then he finally throws it into the tree. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, that, this is the part that like, especially that kill I thought was so much more shocking and funny than when I saw it this yeah. time. The other thing I want to call out that was just confusing and made me angry is it is so unclear whether it's day or night in the simu- simulation. Yeah, yeah. Like this is just very poorly executed. Is this the only nudity in the movie, too? Like, other than, yes, like, the fake it boobs? it is. Okay. Other than the fake nipples, which are not real, and the boobs are not real, this is the only nudity in the movie. And apparently, behind-the-scenes thing, supposedly the casting director, like, refused to cast these roles and, like, passed it off to an assistant because she was so insulted because it's just like, we just need two nude women. Right. And Which I'm like, you're working on a Friday Yeah, exactly. Movie. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so shit starts exploding. Uh, they open the hatch. Uh, like Brodsky is successful in whatever his little mission was. They open the hatch to the safety ship. Jason's approaching them. They close the door on him, and Brodsky's in there with him. Uh, they disconnect from the Grendel, and Jason and Brodsky they go at each other. They like fly through, fly at each other as the Grendel explodes. And then 
We think they're all safe, but then fucking Jason's flying towards the ship. <laughs> <laughs> From the explosion. And one of them goes like, oh, he's flying towards the ship. Yeah. It's like, like, you know how much control you have when you're just flying yeah. in open space. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then right when he's about to hit, Brodsky knocks him off course. And then Sooneron says to KM-14, you okay? I'll get back on my feet in no time. As soon as I have some, he's like, I'll get right on that. And then fucking... This this is kind of a beautiful ending, honestly. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I kind of love this ending. Jason and Brodsky are fucking burning up in the atmosphere of, I guess, Earth 2? I'm not sure what planet this is. I think it's supposed to be Earth 2, yeah. So they're, they're like, falling to the surface. They're burning up. Uh, there's two campers on a lake, a man and a woman. And they see a shooting star. They make a wish. And they kiss. And, it, and like, oh, it landed in the lake. Let's go check it out. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, we just see Jason's mask hit the bottom of the lake. Body count is up to 20. Is Jason I dead? that's correct. Uh, we don't know. I think it's left open to interpretation. So I'm not going to count it. It's hard to count Jason's deaths. So body count's yeah. 20. And we get a yep. end of the movie. End of the movie. This, if I'm not mistaken, Eric, highest body count of the series. Uh, part five, I think, had also had twenty bodies. Uh, let me okay. quickly. I'll check on that while we go over. Uh, what is your favorite character in this movie, Michael Price? Oh, okay. Um. To be clear, they all suck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? We I've never said this before, and this seems like a fair time to do it. I think that the best character in, in this movie is Jason Voorhees. Oh, interesting choice. Okay. They, like, they're just... The actors are such... Like, not even the actors. We were talking about this point. The characters... They're just such chaff. Like they're they're just there. This is one of the worst movies in the series when it comes to having underdeveloped characters who exist just to get murdered. Yeah, like, yeah. We get introduced to like six space marines who all die in the span of ten minutes and attempt to have like with the except with the exception of Brodsky, like they attempt to have these like moments of like oh no so and so is dead yeah and it's like who is that person who are you what is your relationship to yeah, yeah i don't care you know uh, yeah um, I'm, I'm with you I, on that um i think jason's a good pick i think my oh also to answer your question part hmm. five also had a body count of 20 so they're tied okay so we're, we're gonna call it a tie right now for the highest um my favorite character i think is brodsky um he, okay. he's kind of like pretty good he's pretty good He's kind of the most traditionally badass of them all. Um, yeah. I like that he's tells Low one thing. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll take him alive. And then he tells his crew, like, nah, we're not going to fucking take him alive. <laughs> um, that was a fun moment. I like that. Yeah, He's definitely the most competent uh, adversary other than, like, Tina from Part 7 that Jason's had. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think I that's my. I think I think that's a good pick. 
I support that. Uh, so this movie is now 19 years old, which is disgusting. I want to puke. Um, moments that have aged the worst. Well, that's a tough one. No, it's not. It's definitely, for me, the clothes in this movie. The wardrobe is just, like, so of a time. It's funny, because when you're living through it, like, I, I've been recently experiencing this with late ni- uh-huh. late 90s, turn of the century, into, like, 2005, of, like, looking at, at the time, I'm like, it's funny, you know, the 80s had a style, the 70s had a style, the 60s had a style. Right. This time period doesn't. And then I look back like, oh, no, it fucking totally did. Yeah. You always say that when you're in it. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, how are they ever going to define the 2010s? You know? Yeah. It's just like, there's so much going on. And it's like, no, it'll be reduced to like six things in, in 10 exactly. years. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm mostly sensitive to those that I've lived through. And now I see yeah. them again. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. No, I remember that. I remember having frosted tips. i think that's a great call i think that's the best answer to this question uh since you said the outfits i will say the uh digital effects are the thing that has aged the worst about this movie yeah um although i'll say this i to go check on i was just checking on that roger ebert review he opens his review with that that line that sucks on so many levels. He does write a full length review and he calls out how shitty the digital effects are in this movie, in this review oh, wow, from okay. the, the year it came out. Reminder, he gave Anaconda three and a half stars. <laughs> I mean, it's four. way better than Oh, this it's a much movie. better movie. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I'll say but that. The, the effects in that one also don't look great. Um, no, they don't. They look really stupid. Uh, so there's 20 deaths in this movie, some better uh-huh. than others. Did you have a favorite? Of course I did. There's only one really good kill in this movie. Yes. Uh, and it is the uh, face freeze, face smash. Uh, that character, where that was Briggs? Is that uh, Adrian. Adrian, right. Who's named after uh, Adrian King? Oh, okay. From- I wasn't sure if it was her yeah. or Barbo. Uh, yes. Yeah. No. Named after the actor for, uh, who played, uh, Alice, Alice yep. in the, in the original film. Yeah. There's, I mean, this is another one of those things where it's like, if you look up and down this, this cast list, there's a, there's a ton of names that are all taken from other things. And it's like, yeah. like I don't know Sooneron is named after Tom Sooneron, the special effects artist. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like Waylander, for instance, is like that's a reference to Alien, Alien yeah. Way- Wayland Yutani, and uh, yeah, Grendel <laughs> is a reference to Beowulf. Beowulf. <laughs> yeah, Solaris Duh. is a reference yeah. to Solaris. <laughs> Solaris. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, I read this too for for the purposes of your death toll. Now we have decided against. Off, including off-screen implied deaths in our death in our kill counts. If if not for that rule, this would by far sure. be the most catastrophic death toll. Because according to the screenwriter, 
Todd Farmer, there were roughly 20,000 people on Solaris. Okay, yeah, so I debated whether or not to include the Solaris deaths. And uh-huh. I, I don't know that it's like if a death happens off camera, but more so it happens to people we don't meet in the movie. Sure. I am open to including those. I don't think so, Okay, no. I think we should... I think that it should be a character who is either... It has to be a known character who dies off screen or an unknown character who dies on screen. Sure. Or any combination, you know, that goes further than that. Right. But yeah. Yeah. That's what I think, too. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, the liquid nitrogen is kind of the only answer. I think second runner up would be or the first runner up would be the sliding down the screw is kind of funny and cool. But, you know. It's just another it's just kind of, impalement. Yeah, I think in the grand scheme of Friday the 13th kills, it would be just kind of middle of the road. Totally. Uh, and then so we like to rate the scariness of these movies on what we call the Carpenter scale. Um, I have a thought for this one. Okay. Although, to be fair, it is one of the John Carpenter movies I've never seen, but I think it's pretty obvious about which one this should be. <laughs> It's a dark. It's star. dark star, yeah. <laughs> um, I've also never seen it, but sure, why not? Um, I say just for for shits and giggles, we'll say, yeah, this movie is not scary. No, there was one moment in the entire movie that I found scary. Do you want to guess what it was? Do you have any thoughts? Um, I'm just curious if there was anything that struck a chord with you because this was the one time in the entire movie that I was like, oh, that's scary. Um, no, nothing's really coming to mind. So for whatever reason, the one thing that gave me a chill was towards the end, during the holodeck scene, when Sooneron, after he's put Jason into the Crystal Lake hologram, but Jason, before he's introduced the co-eds, when Jason, when he's like, I think he saw me. And then we're like looking into the hologram uh-huh. and Jason is like stalking towards the camera yeah. and towards Sooneron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? That's kind of scary. And I, cause he's like so close, but he's sort of distracted and it's like, yeah. And I love a good long distance, not long distance, but like he's not right on me, but he's coming yes. towards me. That's always been scary to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We talked about that before and I think it, it works a little bit in this, in this bit. Sure. Uh, and then, so finally, uh, our new scale on uh, if these movies are worth watching is Mary mm-hmm. Fuck Kill. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's going to stay forever now. <laughs> um, I think for me, this one's a kill. I had some fun with it, but mm-hmm. not enough to let it stay the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement here. This movie... Uh, is bad Mm -hmm. and i sporadically enjoyed myself while watching it but the overall experience was was a was not a positive one i think yeah yeah so kill it kill it killstreak says kill it uh okay guys we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna be back with a final segment Okay, guys, we're back with our final segment, uh, and we have a very special guest with us. He's been here before. Um, Price, you want to talk a little bit about why he's here? (laughs) 
Uh, I didn't. Sure, okay I didn't. This. Oh yeah, I didn't. Oh, oh, this is my fault. This is your okay. fault. Well, no, we wanted to do. Eric and I said, you know what, Jason X. We went to space. There's a plethora of fun space horror movies out there. You know, we do a lot of Mount Rush scores. We do a lot of staff picks. We wanted to do a quiz, but in order for me to prove to the audience that I continue to be superior to Eric in <laughs> the trivia arts, we need someone else to MC this quiz, to host it. So we are well, we are very happy to welcome back Mr. Ryan Martin, the voice of Killstreak. Hello, sir. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. It is our pleasure. Yeah, and Ryan, uh, you reminded me that you were the one who ripped Freddy vs. Uh, I mean uh, Jason X for us to all watch in college. So you are the oh, one. Yeah. You, expect the FBI at your door. <laughs> oh, the, the bootlegging I used to do in college. Once the advent of broadband internet. Ugh. Oh my god. Well, anyway, guys, uh, you guys want to do a horror sci-fi quiz? Let's do it. We would love to. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what to expect? Okay, so we're going to do six questions. Okay. uh, All related to space horror movies. Uh, If we need it, we've got a tiebreaker. Um, They're all going to be open-ended. There's no multiple choice or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, First player to buzz in will get to guess. Uh, You can can guess at any time you want, whether I finish reading the question or not. Um, If uh, that person doesn't get it, second person can hear the rest of the question. Okay, great. Sound good? I like it. Sounds okay. good. Should we? Should we? We're using an online buzzer system yeah. to make sure this is on the up and up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None um, of this. Uh, but uh, but we can still first shenanigans. Should we still call out our names for the listeners at home? Do you guys? Think? Um, if you want to, or, or maybe Ryan, or Ryan can call, can call it out. I'll call okay, Ryan will. Ryan will call on us. That sounds good. Alrighty, uh, with that nice little warm up, uh, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. All right, fingers on the buzzers. Yep. Okay, question number one. What movie was a surprise drop after the 2018 Super Bowl and was the last movie in a trilogy? All right, that's Eric. Uh, It is Cloverfield. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Cloverfield. How Battle, much time does he have? Battleship Cloverfield. I don't know. This is, this is, this is gold right here. <laughs> Shit. Cloverfield 3? All right. Okay. It, okay, so I'm I'm sadly not going to give that to you. Yeah, Mike, no, you swoop I, in? Yeah. I don't blame you. I mean, if it makes you feel better, I also knew this, and I took too long to buzz in. It is the Cloverfield Paradise. That's it. That is correct. That is correct. That movie I think it's Cloverfield was three. a spec script called God Particle. It was never supposed to be a Cloverfield movie. Huh. Abrams just bought it and shoehorned it. Just like, yeah. actually, they did that with the second one, too. Oh, really? But that I one like, was actually kind of yeah, good. Yeah, Cloverfield. Yeah, that movie was that one, Cloverfield was great, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Question number two. What oh, three can you reset famous the buzzers? horror... Sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Resetting the buzzers. God damn it. Okay. All right, you ready, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What three horror movie franchises went to space? Price? I mean, so I'm going to say Leprechaun. Yep, that's one. Um, I, I mean, Jesus, I guess Hellraiser. Two. And Friday the 13th. 
oh, I'm sorry. That's I'm going to give you the point. That's correct. Um, I wasn't. I I meant beyond Friday the Thirteenth. Beyond so, Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. So yeah, I was going to say it's uh, like this seems. Uh, uh, I got one for free. Let me yeah, see if yeah, I can yeah. pull the other one. I think I know the so other one. So I'm going to give you the point because I I screwed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is true. You did. Uh, I mean, <laughs> critters. Critters. <laughs> I yeah, critters. Is it yep, critters? That's correct. Okay. Oh, wow. Great. Okay. Yeah. All right. So critters, leprechaun, and Hellraiser all went to space in the fourth installment. Wow. wow. And it took took Jason ten. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's he's a you know he walks. That's slow. true. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get there eventually. All right. Uh, question three Don't is kind of a follow up. Reset question. our buzzers. Oh, reset those buzzers. Yeah, I'm, I'm excellent <laughs> at this. Okay, ready. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Critters Four, what actress starred in this movie and went on to have a successful career? <sighs> Oof, I don't know. I've never seen Critters Four. Neither have I. Um, oh, that's a bummer. Critters <laughs> Four is amazing. It's gonna be. I mean. We'll get there. All right. My I, my order gonna... is two four one three. Oh wow! All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna guess uh, Helen Hunt. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> no, it is not Helen Hunt. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> what year did Critters Four come out? Oh, I think it's ninety nine or ninety eight. I'll look it up. No, no, no that's oh, fine. Wow. Okay, if you're just giving me a time oh, frame. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Oh, 92. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I keep I keep wanting to say Jennifer Anderson, but she's in Leprechaun. Um, yeah, she's yeah, in Leprechaun. Right. No, nah, I don't got it. Uh, it's What's actually Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett? Oh. Mm. And she stars alongside uh, Brad Dourif in that movie. Oh. He'll do anything. What a... What, what, what a ho- Hollywood power couple. Yep, yep, yep. Brad Dourif, glasses, long hair, just really nailing it. Um, okay, all right, all right, so no points awarded there. All right, here comes question number four. Uh, speaking of Hellraiser 4, what Parks and Rec actor guest stars in Hellraiser 4? Eric? Is it Nick Offerman? It is not Nick Offerman. Price, you get a guess? Um, sure. I'll throw... Uh, let's go Adam Scott. Adam Scott is correct. God damn it! Right. <laughs> damn it! Adam Scott plays yeah. like a dandy in the past who gets corrupted and like lives on through the ages. Ooh, that sounds fun. Dude, Hellraiser 4 is great. It's their like um, anthology one. It starts off with this mm. dude in space... And he summons the Cenobites, and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, let me tell you my family history in four parts. <laughs> nice. All right, we're, uh, we're a little past halfway through, and we're get Mike at three points. Eric with no points awarded Jesus yet. Christ. All right, well, I don't, want to yeah. make, I don't want to put up a goose egg here. Don't forget to reset our buzzers. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> okay, you guys ready for question number five? Oh, yeah. All right. In the movie Alien... What is Ripley's cat's name? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. 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 Oh, God. Oh, God. 
I know what the cat looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's orange. <laughs> it's orange. It's like a kind of orange tabby. It's um. Uh, and it's correct. It's an orange tabby. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm. Can I? I'm just gonna guess. It's like at, nobody's buzzed. <laughs> Eric Asimov or something. Oh nope. God! It's Fuck. I, I think. It, is it not? Is it not like a reference to something? Oh, God damn not. it! So fucking mad. I'm, I hate this segment. I'm, this is why I didn't want him in my on my podcast. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get a text from Eric after he edits this today to be like, "Yeah, you went oh god after I said Asimov, and you yeah. sound like a real oh, asshole." Yeah. Oh, Ryan, I don't know if you listened to your last your your last appearance when you had the music from. Uh, Shit, I don't remember which. It was like the circusy music. And it Mike was from guessed, Lost, yeah, yeah, Boys. Lost Boys. Yeah, and Mike guessed Killer Clowns, and then I was like, and it was wrong. It was wrong, and I was like, it. Yeah. Mike goes, oh god, no, or something like that. <laughs> it is just as valid as Killer Clowns. There's yeah, a clown but it's involved. not. It's not. Uh, the difficulty level was too high. It was never going to be uh, it. Yeah. So, Price, did you get a chance to look up the answer on uh, Google yet? Oh wait! I did not look it up, but I think I just remembered it. Um, I swear, is it Jonesy? It sure as fuck, fuck is. Fuck you! <laughs> All right. You looked it up. Shut. I present. did not. I was present your the whole screen. Time. <laughs> um, hold on. Well, I mean, there's no point in continuing. So thanks, Ryan. All oh, right, yes, see you guys. We're even going to do the tiebreaker for fun. I- I'd um, like to hear, wasn't that the fifth question? Isn't there still one more? That was the fifth question. It's like the All sixth right. end of tiebreaker that we're going to trot yeah. out for old time's okay. sake. Reason, I mean, I'd like um, to see if I can set a bar for a high score, at least. You know, <laughs> something to compete against myself next time. Reset our buzzers. You know what we're actually going to do? We're going we're gonna to do the tiebreaker. I'm going to save question number six for the Grandmaster round. Okay, um, fair enough. Because as I look back. Okay, all right. So question number six. You, want, you guys want to just say it's worth... Five points for fun? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. I do. How right, about right, make, right. make it worth four points? Okay, that's fine with me. <laughs> oh, there you uh, go. Reset, there we reset go. our okay. buzzers. <laughs> oh, you, you are such a taskmaster. Um, no, it's it's worth one point. Sorry, guys. Okay, We're just going to see enough. if Mike gets a clean sweep. Okay. Uh, wait. Do you, uh, sorry. Okay. In the movie Event Horizon... What language is spoken in the unscrambled distress video? Is it Price? Sorry. Is it Latin? Of course it's Latin. It's a horror All movie. Right. <laughs> <sighs> I was really I was really hoping there was gonna be an event horizon question. Oh that man, I, I was I was going I was doing some looking up some dumb shit on Event Horizon. I was like, <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. That's just it's just not fair to go. Uh that, remember that the, movie the kid from Dead at Twenty One was in that. I movie. was just gonna say, yeah, Jack, Jack Noseworthy. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. And Larry Fishburne yeah. mm-hmm. and uh um Jurassic Park's in it. Uh <laughs> Sam Neill. <laughs> Yeah, the T-Rex. Uh, yeah. Ben Horizon really scared me when I saw it in the theater. I'll say that. Oh, man, did you ever see any of the um, the X-rated uh, footage that was removed and quote-unquote never surfaced? No. There's um, So you know how at the very end they're like flashing into Lawrence Fishburne's head all those like still frames? Yeah, yeah. 
That was like apparently like three days of shooting. It was like an extended torture sequence. Wow. That like it, it like and like some gifs and stuff have surfaced like of like very short clips, but like they're like no, it was too disturbing for like audiences. <laughs> but it's like when you get good clean shots of it, it's like rubber barbed wire. It's like it's not. <laughs> yeah, you um, don't want to see. Well, we talked about this a little bit earlier in this episode. I had a theory on why part of the reason why Jason X looks so shitty is because we're watching it in HD, and I think yeah. it's like a movie that probably looks better if you're mm-hmm. if you're watching it in SD and you're not seeing all the seams of this spaceship or set a they bootleg built. VHS tape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we have right, a little, anyway, we have a guest star. My son is joining. We have us another here. guest. Uh, let me text <laughs> his mother. And scold her. The goose is loose. <laughs> um, okay, so that means that I, what, I won five to nothing? Is that correct? Five to nothing. Mike, you got five out of six of the questions. Uh, right. Would you like the super duper question? Yeah. Uh, so we have a current grandmaster from our scored to death, Josh. Ooh. Um, who um, still holds the crown. So I don't know if canonically, if I get this right, does that mean I get the crown back? Or do we, well, since you're here work. and yeah. you're a host, you, you can he, he can hold it for soundtrack. Okay. And this can be the space horror crown. All right, fantastic. He'll probably end up taking this one from me as well. <laughs> hey, man, that's fine. Now, I'm just going to say ahead of time, uh, there is a uh, word in here or a name in here that I might royally butcher, and I apologize to uh, both you guys and the listeners at home. Uh, okay. I'm aware of that, and uh, grand apologies. Okay, great. <laughs> Bye, Elliot. <laughs> Let the little master get out before we... Uh, there you go. Sorry, guys. All righty. Okay. Do you need to, Eric? Do you need to censor me saying your son's name? Uh, no, that's fine. I apologize. That's fine. Okay. Cool. Okay. All righty. Here is uh, here's the super duper question. Okay. The director of the '60s space horror, The Green Slime, was Kinji mm-hmm. Fukasaku. What other groundbreaking horror movie did he direct in the year 2000? 2000. And what was the name of the first of the 60s one? Uh, the Green Slime. The Green Slime. I have a guess. Wait, well, is Eric like, allowed probably. to participate? No, no, no. Stay no, out, no, of no, no. Staying out of it, Eric. Uh, horror movie from the year 2000. The Green Slime. Uh, did he direct it? Yes, he both directed okay. Green Slime and the movie in the year 2000. All right, well, I... Oof, man. Space horror. Hmm. I don't have now, to it. to be clear, to be clear, uh-huh. he directed a space horror called Green Slime in the 60s. Right. He released this movie a is not horror necessarily, movie. Okay, there you go. Got it. Not necessarily space-related. Open up the windows of time and mind. Um, I'm going to go what? with... Uh, what's 2000... Japan, I mean, Ringu, that's my guess. Good guess, but not great guess. Uh, <laughs> that is incorrect. So the crown is dangling once again uh, for a listener at home. For the record, that was my guess as well. I looked it up, and I know the answer, and I'm kicking myself. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, 
Well, uh, whoever, uh, yeah, if you if you folks at home have a guess, don't Google it. That's cheating. You know, we work on the honor system here. But if you if you think you know what it is, send us a message, and uh, Eric and I will decide if it sounds like you're being honest and you didn't cheat. And yeah. So you may be able to grab the crown as the grandmaster. All righty. Well, guys, that was a ton of fun. You guys, uh, between the two of you, you guys really uh, knocked this one out of the park. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll get you back oh. soon, Ryan, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tons of fun anytime. I think, Ryan, I think that was an expertly designed quiz. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Oh, of course. No problem. Well, guys. All right. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at KillstreakPod. Uh, you can email us at KillstreakPod at gmail.com. And is there other? Oh, yeah. Check out our website, anchor.com. Yeah, Killstreak. <laughs> KillstreakPod.com. The login is. <laughs> uh, we have a website. Just go to our other social media to find it. We're now on back pages. Back pages is back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It's, let's be honest it's mostly just eric uh but you guys might get lucky and catch me once in a while all right and that'll do uh, it for this episode and as always hey slappy got something for you <laughs>